Play one more time. Um, I thought, yeah, if you, if you mess up, just keep going. Hi, I'm Marley Malkentine, and welcome to More Than a Mixtape, a podcast featuring interviews with young Cincinnati musicians who have something to say and a culture to change. This week, I'm in Clifton in the practice space of the band The Agoraphobes. With me is Griffin Roberts, lead vocalist and guitar, and Andrew Perea, backing vocals and guitar. Not here is bassist Sam Peterson and drummer Will Strasser. The band provides a perfect mix of grunge, punk, chill, and just plain rock and roll vibes that keep audience engaged. Said to be the band love child of Weezer and Waves, these guys' sound is a balance of classic rock and stuff you've never heard before. Okay, so my first question for you guys is on your band name's meaning. I mean, like, I know what the agoraphobia is, but can you just talk through, like, how you kind of came up with that? Well, uh, the way we came up with it was I was thinking of a band name, but I just like the word phobia, so I just started thinking about, like, what, what I was afraid of, and I just realized that I... Me and Andrew are both pretty much agoraphobic, like, on, yeah. a very, on a very serious level. Like, not on the level where it's like, oh, I get uncomfortable around people sometimes. Like, like I've gotten... The band thing is actually, ironically, like, helped with it a little bit. It's made it a little bit better, but, I mean, it, it used to be, like, paralyzing. Yeah, there's definitely an irony to getting up on stage and getting in front, front of a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, that The agoraphobes is kind of funny about that, but it's also something that taps into how we actually feel and kind of our fears so it almost ends up being kind of like an ironic name but not on purpose just on accident can you explain what agoraphobia is agoraphobia there's actually like tons of takes on what the true definition of is but the true definition really is just like fear of like situations that like cause helplessness and embarrassment most likely like crowds yeah definitely to us it's like kind of a fear of being in front of people so when did you guys kind of start up your band well uh me and andrew used to play in a band uh, with this kid named Krimmer. Oh, no. Back in the day. Well, I gotta go back. Way back. Okay, way back. And we used to jam up in here, uh, and we called ourselves the Hemingways. But uh, me and Andrew actually started writing songs. We started writing joke songs. The first song we ever wrote was, I wanted to write a print song, because I'm super into prints. So I was like, I'm gonna write just the most sexual, like, over-the-top song ever. And we wrote this, like, terrible joke song. And then we wrote another it's terrible... Hot it's called Hot Potato. And don't ask it was like two, it. It was like two years ago. Two years ago, yeah, a long time ago. And then we wrote another joke song, and then we wrote a song that was kind of a joke, and this song is called Rotten Teeth, and it started as a joke because the line that we wrote it off was just, hey, I don't know your name, I don't really care, I just want to bang, and we thought that shit was hilarious, you know, it was, it was, and pe- actually that song is like still a classic, it's People so really bad, love yeah, that we song. play it, we're recording it for the album, we're reco- yeah, it's on the album right now, and then ever since then we just realized like, maybe we should stop writing joke songs, and then uh, Sam used to jam with us after that point, and then one day after Halloween, Will was with us, and we were like, hey man, come be our drummer, and he was, so... Yeah, actually, right Sam and Will uh, were the rhythm section in another band called The Eyes Have It. Yeah. Uh, with a dude that went to Clark named Luke Schlomer. He split, went to college, and then they were sort of looking for stuff to do. Griffin and I were writing songs. We needed a bass and drummer, so it's like perfect fit. So you had all these other like little bands before. So what changed between like your first bands and then like this band? Well, I honestly like the the whole thing about the Hemingways is it was more an idea than a band. This is pretty much the only band I've ever played in. The only shows I've ever played in my life are under the Agoraphobes moniker. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak for Andrew. Andrew has like a long history of uh, playing other bands, but for me, I mean, this is just this is my first shot at it. So yeah, I've been in a couple bands going back to like the eighth grade. I had a band called Haze. That was my first band. Uh, we're known and kind of hated around Walnut. Uh, hated. Hated but, is the word he means to say. Yeah. Hated. No, I said hated. But just, you didn't <laughs> emphasize it enough. <laughs> So uh, that band broke up, and then, let's see, I think 
year and a half ago, um, yeah, like I said, the band broke up. Griff and I were sort of writing songs. I wanted a new project. Um, and I had another band also that formed called Black Ties, but that's a cover band. So I was definitely looking for a way to like speak my voice musically right. and do what I wanted to do, sound like the bands that I listened to. And so <clears throat> this band sort of came together. Oh yeah, so you said that you wanted to start your own band because you kind of wanted to do what you wanted with lyrics and stuff, so you guys started writing. Mm. So can you kind of tell me about um, your lyric writing? Because I got a review from somebody that said that your lyrics were weak. Oh, okay. well, gosh. Well, you can talk to Griffin about you that. Talk to me, he talked to me because that's me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only song we have out, I, I'm not even going to front. I mean, it's one of the more weaker songs in terms of lyrical content. And it's a little bit weak. You know, it's simple. Thinking. If you're talking about wishful thinking, yeah. I mean, literally, there's eight lines in that song total right. uh, overall. I was going for more simplicity than anything else. Uh, and a lot of the song, a lot of the lyrics just came from like a long time ago. You know, like a, a really long time ago. So, so mm. wishful thinking. What was the, what was the thinking behind that song? Half of that song was written when I was like in eighth grade, a really long time ago, and it was just a lame song about a girl, you know, I feel like I'll be over this in a week, that's how it usually goes, why is she laughing at me, I gave a reason I suppose, you know, just kind of that like self-deprecating kind of, you know, whatever. And uh, the second half was just, I think the second half, it was supposed to reflect like, looking back on it, you know, you become, I've become pretty like just complacent with, with everything that's happened in my past, you know what I mean? I think that's the reflection of it, you know, everything is where it should. Far from all the things I thought were good, you know, it's not where it's supposed to be, but here it is. And and the line that I really do like is, that I think actually is the only line in that song that I'm actually would say I'm like proud of is like, the, all the things that I would give, wishful thinking makes it hard to live. That's something I feel on a, on a really real basis. You know, I feel like I spend so much of my life just like sitting around going like, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do this. And whenever I do that, it makes it like just really hard to live my life a lot more. I wish I could be more accepting, you know, I wish I could be more accepting of like the situation that I'm given. And that's really what that song's about. And you know, if I'm if it's a weak job, well then, gosh, I. Well, so that line, I mean, that's the only line that I wrote down is "wishful thinking makes it hard to live" because that's the line <laughs> that stuck out the most to me. But as you sit here and like explain it, it comes across a lot stronger. So, I mean, I guess I'm wondering why is this the lead single for your upcoming album? Uh, because we got it done the first, and we like it, and it was yeah. it was it was one of the first songs that we wrote. Uh, the real first song we wrote was uh, really the the real like lead song we wrote was "Oh My Goddess," but. We just thought it was energetic. Uh, our stronger songs at the time that we hadn't writ were written, written. Yeah, were a little bit slower, and we wanted to play something a little more energetic. So we just yeah, I think as far as wishful thinking goes, um, it's just it's a fast song. I think it's exciting. It's interesting, and the chords are very uh, and yeah. interesting. Very and interesting I mean, chords. also we just recorded it first, and we wanted to give people you know a taste of more to come, keep people interested. Um, you know, we weren't just gonna drop an album out of blue. So we thought, hey, we've got a song, might as well release it. Yeah, gives you a lot more credibility than you think. That's gotten mm -hmm. us a lot of shows with a lot of touring bands, actually. Yeah, people listen to it. Some yeah. of them like it, some of them want to play with us. Mm -hmm. So, you guys, your band isn't even a year old yet, right? No. How have you guys landed so many shows? Because I'm going to 
I'm going to read a list of the shows that I've found that you've done. There's probably a lot more. So you debuted at the 86 Club, yeah, which is right. where you do a lot of shows, right? We do, but we, we've decided to never do that again. Yeah, those days are behind those us. Those days are behind we, us. We, you know, um, that was our first show, and we played there, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, five times. It's, like, the home away from home that I never wanted. Right, because it's, it's really close to here, actually. And then you played... There's this house that you play at a lot. I don't know what it is. We've played it there a few times, yeah. I don't know. People always talk about how hot the attic is. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, it was killer, man. Oh, yeah, killer. we've, uh, we've done we've played, house shows. There's this girl named Emma who... Uh, we played a few shows there at her house. We played one recently that was actually really good in the basement. Uh, that, that show was great. I mean, the fact of the matter is, when we started off... Uh, we didn't really know what was up. And like I said, I, w- I was really like afraid of being on stage. Like I was really weak, like just kind of uncomfortable. And I used to think that was because like just me as a person, but no, it's really just the environment. When we get into these house shows, like something just like flips. Like these shows that we play at houses are like, just like, I would use the word just like animalistic. Like people are just like ripping their clothes off and getting drunk and just, you know, I last time we played a show, I, I cut my hand open. I have a white guitar. So they got all this blood on the guitar. Well, and then... Accidentally. Well, it wasn't like I was like took a knife to it. It was just yeah. it happened. So and then you played the underground, which is where a lot of like bands start seem to like get kind of like their taste in Cincinnati. And we then you played it. Mad Frog, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We played yeah. it. It was good. Well, yeah. It was all right. Wasn't your best. Well, there's a whole thing where we played there a second time with this band called Banjuchi and the Wheels, and they set up this show for us, and. Just the guy who ran the place double booked it and was just like, get out of here. So we just went and played in the warehouse. We played in Banducci's warehouse that night. Then you played a benefit concert, right? That was also at the 86 Club. The 86 Club. Mm -hmm. We did. Speak Up, the Speak Up benefit concert. Oh, yes, we did. We did do the Speak Up benefit concert. Oh, wait. Oh, right, that. We did. We did do. We also did another technically benefit concert. Yeah, what was the other one? You'll get to it. Well, okay. And then. You played at Maudie's in OTR. Yes, yep. we have. And we are actually going to play there uh, in like two weeks. Which, yeah, I saw that on the upcoming Which list. is uh, surprising because after we played there and brought a non-drinking crowd, they were like, don't you ever come back. <laughs> and now we're playing there again. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you played, which was seems to be really big, you played at the Jeff and Jen Q102 Christmas oh, yes, show yes, we did. at Madison Theater. With the, uh, the Grammy-nominated uh, performer, what's that guy's James name? James Bay. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, uh, we yeah. opened for James Bay. That we, that's cool. the other one that was technically a charity. We The place that records for us, the MRC, mm. they asked us to go out there. Like Part of the benef- like the proceeds go to like uh, to like fund the MRC. They asked us to go out there and play for them. It's like, basically like a charity thing, so I think we raised like $10,000. Yeah, we sort of represented that. them. Yeah, we were, we were like there. Seems like mm-hmm. a lot of people get their start at... MRC because yeah. it's a great place. There are great people there, and it's the best cost of all, which is almost free. So yeah. And will you explain just real quick what MRC is? MRC is a place that uh the music resource center. Music resource center important uh, like okay. in Evanston. It's been everywhere. Yeah, it has just like studios and lessons and like it's supposed to like get underprivileged kids like the ability to play music and stuff. Yeah, but... basically like tons of uh, communities have like a community right. center or a rec center, and this is like the community center for musicians. Um, it's really close to Walnut, so it's really convenient, and you can take lessons there. Right. Um, you can learn to uh, produce and learn to record and get so- all sorts of feedback Definitely. from like uh, real musicians who volunteer there. That's awesome. Then you played, or you you played Bogarts, right? Yes, we yes. Did. Which is like whenever I tell people like, oh yeah, this band they played Bogarts, they're like, dang, like that's a big that's a big oh, thing well, in Cincinnati. Well, thank you. 
So how was playing Bogarts? <laughs> uh, it was fine. Yeah, uh, it was good. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like it wasn't like a natural show. It was just something that someone from the MRC kind of like pitched our way, and we were like, eh, it's a show. Yeah, we didn't we'll get play it. Um, it was yeah. this thing called the New Noise, Cincy New Noise Challenge or whatever. And so it was us and a couple other local bands. Um, you just get judged. Yeah. Then you have an upcoming one at the Thompson House, which seems to be like a really cool location, mm-hmm. a really cool venue. So yeah, that's this Friday. Yeah, right there on the riverfront. So how are you guys feeling about that one? Like, how do you how do you prepare for a show? I guess. Well, I, there's a way that we prepare for most shows, and then there's, there's a ways way we should prepare, and, and then sometimes there's ways we follow that. Do. Yeah, and sometimes we yeah. don't. Uh, this time we haven't even practiced once in like yeah. uh, a while. I mean, usually what we do um, is we just try to get together and rehearse as much as possible the week before. Yeah. Um, and that's that's basically it. You know, we plan out the set list. Um, we try to put yeah. out some promotional art to get we people have our, to come. We have a whiteboard that we write that out on. Yeah, we organize everything on this lovely whiteboard right here in my room. Uh, and then other times, like this time, Griffin is getting his wisdom teeth taken out uh, on Wednesday. Like Wednesday, so, so not a lot of room to practice. Um, but you know, we're in general we're well rehearsed. Um, we are pretty familiar. You know, we don't do any covers, so like it's all original music. We write the parts. We know what we're doing for the most part. So yeah, it's usually not a huge deal. So you make money off the shows. Every show, like, you charge entrance and stuff. So how much, I mean, how much money do you guys make from the show? Well, I should it say, depends. we don't always make money from shows. Yeah, there's some shows that, I mean, like, the a lot of the stuff we do, uh, like the uh, the MRC one, like, that was pro bono. Mm-hmm. We've done a couple, like, charity shows that were pro bono. And, you know, I mean, I don't think we've ever, like, no, we've, we've made a lot of money. Actually, before. we have. Um, we had a few shows. Like, definitely the first few uh, shows at the 86 Club, um, we made a good, decent amount of money. Um, like one time, Definitely. I think we made two hundred dollars or something. No, more than that. We made like five hundred dollars. But they, but show. they changed their. Um, oh yeah, they screwed us over. policy, so we started making less money from that. Yeah, we brought um, so many people that they changed the policy the day before and didn't tell us and screwed us out of a bunch of cash. So, a little upsetting. Another reason not to play at the eighty six club. Let's hey. make this place go under. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Um, at the so, house shows, we don't make money. I mean, yeah. I would say at this point, we've pulled in maybe $2,000, so that's that's about appropriate. So, I mean, I guess my question is, is it possible to be somewhat profitable as a teen artist? I mean, of course it is. Profitable? Yes. Can you live off of it? No. If you make... The, the fact of the matter is, if we had decent recordings that were out and we had something like that to sell, I think we could probably make a lot more money. But uh, I think in terms of, like profitable being a teen artist you know it's like on a for most people no for most people it isn't and for us you know it, it took time and effort and whatnot but overall i'd say no it's not profitable don't do it <laughs> so but like there's a lot of i mean in my research i've gone through a lot of bands teen rock bands like mm-hmm. that think that they're really special and like i don't want to use that wording no use that wording that's a good wording of it <laughs> The thing that they're really special, think that they're super unique, and then I take a listen to their music, and I'm like, right. I'm not interested. I mean, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of people out there that have the same idea, and like maybe are inspired Definitely. by, like other rock bands. And think like we want to do that. Mm-hmm. So how have you guys made yourself? I mean, because you guys have done so many shows. Like I think that's really impressive, first of all. But you guys have made yourself like a name that's recognizable in Definitely. at least the teen community of Cincinnati. Well, I think that this comes down to a few things. Um, I think the first thing it comes down to is me and Andrew have a, def- a different look on music and life than most other musicians that I know. And, and this, is, this is where it gets in that whole, like, 
you know, I don't mean to sound pretentious and act like we're doing things different or whatever. It's us being different is more a byproduct of some other things that we already thought. Um, I think the main one is, uh, I think other bands see themselves as like artists, especially in terms of songwriting. I, at least when I see other bands that focus on songwriting as heavily as we do, like that is all we do. Me and Andrew are like, mm -hmm. we're in this to write songs. Like that's our favorite part of it. That's, you know, other people who do that, they really, I feel like they have this context of like they consider themselves artists. We don't consider ourselves artists. We consider ourselves like craftsmen. Like uh, what Andrew would like to say is uh, it's music is like building a chair. You can make it super pretty and you can, you know, paint it all white and give it all these, this decoration. But if it's not comfortable to spend time in, you can't just sit down and relax in it for a little bit. It's a terrible chair because it's not serving the purpose. And we go out of our, we go out of our way to try to make things interesting. Uh, I think there's another viewpoint with that whole artist thing is I think a lot of bands nowadays, especially the bands that do think they're special. I think the reason they think they're special is because they call themselves artists. And so then they say... I'm an artist, so what I do is art. You know, what I what I do is art, so I don't need to change or try. And then it can't be judged. And then it can't be judged because it just is art. To us, it's not like that at all. You know, I feel like I don't... I feel like people who listen to music a lot of times, at least in the general population, I'm pretty much a populist when it comes to music, they don't see it as art. They see it as entertainment. And that's the way that we kind of see it. You know, we're, we're not up there to, to tell you about life and, like, give you our personal philosophy. Like, I, I hate bands that tell me what I should think about life. You know what I mean? I'm just here to tell you what, like, what I think. And if you want to agree with it, you can. And if you want to relate to it, you can. You know, I, I don't want to... And I think that that comes through a lot. I think the other thing is uh, we have a lot of different weird tastes. And we kind of go through cycles of what we listen to. And every time we, like, we're in a really heavy cycle of listening to something, we kind of, like, absorb that part of it for a few songs and then, like, ditch it, like, a few songs later. So... Like you said, like the whole Waves thing is we're actually on a Waves kick right now, a Waves and a Blondie kick right now. So a few of the songs we just came out with are a little closer to that style. Well, when we started off, we were listening to basically Weezer and Queens of the Stone Age. And uh, White Stripes. And White Stripes. So we started off a lot more like aggressive and a little bit more pop punk. But I don't know. I mean, we I, definitely... Oh, no, go ahead. Give I really respect uh, people like John Lennon, Paul McCartney... Keith, uh, Keith Richards and like Mick Jagger because they were like really great songwriting pairs and I think that's what Griffin and I are. We look at a song and we try to like create something that's not like not just like the emotions of like the moment but just a good song in general and we try to make it so that you know it's more than what we want to hear it's what other people want to hear. And that's another thing too is we, we totally work as a team there's no song that we play where we the other person hasn't touched it in mm -hmm. some way you know what i mean we really do work as a team and i think that shows through i feel like there's so few good partnerships nowadays in music and definitely that's definitely something that you know puts us on a different level in terms of songwriting yeah it definitely rockets us forward and i'd say another thing that makes us uh, a little bit uh different is me and andrew both play jazz guitar so we we have some like we both have taken AP music theory. Yeah. You know, we have we have working knowledge. You know, we're we're not fumbling around up here. We what we do is very intentional, and we and we try to push the limits, especially in terms of like uh, rhythms a whole lot. Like we keep trying to write this song that's not a, it's not a, a three four time, but it's a twelve bar pop song. We keep trying to write this one, and mm -hmm. it'll come out. And eventually. we we throw in these weird jazz chords. Like, yeah, you know time. anything about music? Nobody ever uses a major seven chord except we use them in like every song, and yeah. I think they sound great. So. Yeah, so we have That's we have different chord structures too. So as stuff. as songwriters, when you receive criticism, where do you draw the line between like yes, I do realize that we need to change something in what we're doing and this is who our band is, but thank you for your opinion. I honestly in a lot of ways 
Well, the first of all thing is, is it's weird, is we haven't got as much criticism as I, was, as I expect, and I can't tell if that's because we're doing the majority of things okay, or if people just don't have the ball to tell it to us, yeah, to, I, to our face. I wish we got more criticism. I wish we got more criticism, yeah, for real. But I think that really the line is drawn where if, if it's intent, right? If I'm intending to do something and it came across that way to you, then I've done what I set out to do, right? But if, if, if something you feel is a byproduct of another thing that I'm doing, then of course I'm going to take your criticism seriously. And I take everyone's criticism seriously. I, I don't think that... It's like it goes back to that whole I am an artist and what I do is art. I want to make songs that are good from you know an objective standpoint. And if I think I can make a song better, I, I will definitely go to that length. You know, sometimes I think like like with the whole lyric thing on uh, Wishful Thinking, like I finished the song. I'm not going back and changing those lyrics, right? And if you think those lyrics are bad, like that's cool. I don't think they're that terrible. I think they're all right, you know, and I think I can I think the other thing too is they're they're pretty simplistic. I think a lot of our lyrics are pretty simplistic and But that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just if you want to extrapolate meaning out of it, you can, but it you don't know it doesn't always just come naturally. So but I everyone who's ever given us criticism, like we we really like that. We like to change things. And every every song we try something different pretty much. So mm-hmm. it's hard for us to, you know, just get like bogged down. Like n- nothing we play is just who we are. Like it's just a, an attempt to, to do it. So So then if you I mean you, you all your songs sound kinda of different and they go different places and they're inspired by different things and it's all kind of like ever changing. So what's your band's identity? Well, we're the Agoraphobes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like identity isn't I hardly think it's something that you define yourself as, but it's like the way people see you. Yeah, so. it's uh, the way that my identity is, you know, it's beyond me, to be perfectly frank. You know, I could go around saying like, well, gosh, I'm a talented musician who's great at songwriting. But the fact of the matter is, if you are those things, people will say that for you. And that's your identity, right? If I say those things and I'm not that way, then my identity is a narcissist and, you know, a cocky son of a bitch. And I th- so if I will see what people think about it, you know, it's just beyond my control, my identity. It is. I think, although, I think definitely from our more recent shows, this is what I was talking about earlier, which you said you wanted me to save for the interview, which I'll do right now. Uh, I think people have kind of drifted away from rock and roll because they, they forgot about what, what rock and roll was really about. And rock and roll, ever since its existence, is about two things, excitement and sin. And that's it. It's supposed to be vile. It's supposed to be nasty. You know, it's supposed to be aggressive. It's supposed to be dirty. It's supposed to be all these things, you know? It's not supposed to just be like... It really isn't just supposed to be something that you just kind of, like, dance to. You know what I mean? Even Elvis back in the day, I mean, he was a heathen for his time. You know, everyone hated him. Like, he was this, just, like, this crazy, over-the-top, sexual, you know, insane guy, pretty much, is the way that people saw it. And I think that me and Andrew definitely relate more to that type of music. You know, we, we want... to be a band that punches. Yeah, that's the... That, so much we music literally, nowadays just, like, when we, just sits there. When we, we sat be down... And that makes music that just gets you. When we sat down to make this band and write our first song, that was one of the things I said. We listened to this one band that uh, was local. I'm not going to name them. But uh, we just hated them a whole lot. We thought everything they did was garbage. And so I, everything that we, we stand for is pretty much just a reaction to everything we hated about them. And that was one of the things. I don't like music that just cruises. It needs to... If if, if I'm going to ask for your time, I'm at least going to give you something. You know, I'm, I'm going to excite you a little bit. You know, I want it to be intense. I want it to be, you know, to grab you. But I would say that... That's very true of the song. I just got to listen to it like a minute ago. Yes. Oh my goddess, which will be on your new album. Yes. Yes, yes, it will. Yeah. So here's a little sneak peek of their new unreleased song, Oh My Goddess. I tried to change the world. I'd rather change today, but I can't wait my turn. 
Yeah, so it it had so much more of like a chill feeling to it than your other song, Wishful Thinking. And um, I mean, I liked how it had snippets of like images and like imagery in there. I what was the song about? Uh, the song's just about like it's just about you know a girl, a girl or two, technically, you know. But uh, it was good. You know, it was just about a, a nice time in my life. You know? Yeah, there's a story behind that song. Basically, we we had our first show coming up. And we were really lacking in actual original music because we had been around. They gave the us night. the headlining spot. We went in there one day and, and we were like, hey, so we're ready. To, it was our first show. We were like, hey, we're ready to play, you know, last. And we had been playing together for right. like two months, maybe. Not less, a lot of time. Maybe not even, yeah, maybe that much. And we just like played in one of our songs real quick. And they were just like, well, you guys are headlining. And we just looked at each other like, we don't have the yeah. time to. They gave us 45 minutes. And we were like, this was like at the time when we only had like 25 minutes. So we were, me and Andrew were just scrambling to write songs. And so it was like a Tuesday night and he was in my room. Mm. And we were writing and I said, this you know. This the, the Tuesday night before the show, which yeah, was on Friday. Which was on Friday. And I said, you know, Jack White says that when you really need to write a song, that's when you write your best songs. And 15 minutes later, we had, oh my God. I said, yeah. It just came out of one idea, which was "Oh my Goddess," and yeah, which which I I was a reaction to seeing someone at one point in my life. Yeah, I if there's any song that wrote itself, it was that, that one. That song wrote itself, yeah, pretty much. So with your new album, that when is it coming out? Do you have a date yet? Or don't I don't really have yet. a date. It's We're just working on it as hard as we can. Uh, MRC, you know, they provide uh, like resources to a lot of musicians so yeah. we can't go in there 24 7 well and we've been working with the bass player from the afghan wigs recently oh, yeah, he's, our, our, he's, he's, recording he's been a little bit busy recently so we have to knock out these last three songs and then then it's to the mixing stage to the mixing uh, that album's gonna be called expect nothing though mm -hmm. yeah. okay yeah so expect nothing so what are your goals for that album i think our goals for that album is just to uh just make have something to sell make a name for ourselves and you know have it be decent something you can mm -hmm. listen to in your car you know yeah, and like with the merch, I mean, music is, is one thing, but, like, we also have a great live show, so if we can just generate interest and spread, you know, us as a band, as as something, just as a thing, uh, I think it's good, you know, for publicity. Yeah. Like, you know, like I said, releasing Wishful Thinking got us, like, a couple shows, and so once this album's out, um, we'll be a lot more credible and... And we, we'll have something to tour behind, too. We're looking to right. go for some tours. We actually already have some interest, uh, some venues up in Columbus want us to come up there. And there's a few venues in, uh, what's that other city? Dayton. Dayton. Mm -hmm. They want us to go up to Dayton. So we were thinking about maybe at some point once the album comes out. Well, I think what's interesting, though, is you guys have, seems like, a lot of plans. Like, this album is coming out towards the end of your senior year of high school. So do you guys, what do you see for your band's future? We want to do this full time. To be perfectly real, yeah. and uh, you know we're not we're not idiots, and we're not gonna put all our eggs in one basket and then, you know, just have ourselves screwed. But I mean, we do want to do this, and we've had a lot of good feedback, and I, you know, we have a lot of not. This is the part where I, you know it sounds so like optimistic and stupid because being in a band is terrible. Let me tell you, it's the worst because when you start off and you're small, like kind of like we are still, and you say to someone like I'm in a band, their first reaction is like, oh, how cute. You know what I mean? And then you say, like, oh, no, we take it serious. And then they snap and they go, oh, how stupid. You know what I mean? There's no there's no great place to be. The fact of the matter is the only thing a band has is its reputation. And when you're small, you don't even have that. So people just kind of laugh in your face a little bit. Well, you guys seem to, like, not take yourself too seriously. Like, every answer you have is pretty simplistic. I mean, you have a lot to say, but, I mean, when hey, it comes down to it, you guys are just wit. like, hey, like, whatever happens, happens. Like, whoever, what they think of us, I mean, we're just going to keep doing our thing. Well, I don't, I don't want to come across like that because whatever people think of us is what people think of us is going to have a huge impact on yeah, us. Like bottom yeah. line, like we're 
what people say about us and what people think about us is going to have a giant effect on us going it's forward. It's what matters as a band. That's really, that honestly, you asked earlier what this album, what we want to do with this album. I think that's the real thing. I think we've we've gone so many different directions with our music so far. I think, honestly, uh, the audience reaction to this album coming out will definitely have an impact on the type of music we attempt to make in the future because with so many genres, the ones that people gravitate towards are the ones that we're going to want to write because at the end of the day, we want to write songs that people like. And if people like a certain way that we write, then we'll write that way, you know, a little more. We'll, we'll lean on it a little more. So it, it'll have a we, – we, we care a whole lot. This is this is our thing, you know. The only thing I want to be in this world is understood, you know what I mean? And this is my way to be understood, so I take it very seriously on some level. Okay, so this has been the Agoraphobes, and they have some closing words for you. A band isn't something to do, it's something to be. And, uh... If you're going to ask for someone's attention and time, make sure they're at least going to pay attention to something worthwhile. Uh, we're on Facebook.com at uh, Facebook.com backslash losers first. And we have Instagram at the underscore agoraphobes. Oh, and Bandcamp. We have, we're on the Bandcamp. Agoraphobes.bandcamp.com is where you can hear our music and we'll release our album. Mm-hmm. That album's coming out, out soon. Uh, right now you can listen to Wishful Thinking and uh, Oh My Goddess. All right, awesome. And they have some upcoming shows, so if you follow them on Facebook, you will get to know when they are and where mm-hmm. they are. All right, thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.